With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Coach Prime. I made it. I made it, ladies and gentlemen. I got Taylor here in the house in Colorado. I have made it. My mama was just here saying, can you text my mama and tell her I made it? Please. <laughs> I am so happy to be here. You Thank are you. the draw. Honestly, I Thank feel you. thankful that you're even allowing us to be here. So, you know, I have been on the Dion Wave a very long time. Yeah, I am not new to this. you have interviewed everybody. Thank you. So I know once you're here, I'm doing something. Hey, absolutely. You're doing everything. I'm doing something. You are the guy. Thank and so you. So there's, there's so much to discuss. But I need to start with these sunglasses. Okay. Do they hold special powers? Because, yes, they do. Okay, they do. What are the powers? Matter of fact, I got you some. No. You don't think I don't? No. Don't think I don't. And I need you to rock them real quick. I, I got you. Oh, girl. You look good. Ooh. You feel good. <laughs> you feel good. It pay Ooh. good. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. They good? Yeah, they great. You like it? I know. I love it. Put me in, coach. Are you in? <laughs> <laughs> no, but okay. Tell me, what are the powers? Um, I, I love these. Just I'm going to keep them on display. They, they, they come with an essence of confidence. It's like a... It's like that Genesis qual. Like you know that you know that you know you got that. When you put those on, it, it's it's on. It's like it's popping. The music just start playing. Your theme music is playing, and they waiting for you to come down the runway. Ready. And then you doing it. And I mean, you know, and you hear that. You know how the horse heels get up, get up. Like you galloping down the runway, and everybody's like, mm, they can't even clap because you. They know you're killing it. Mm-hmm. And then they so insecure, they look down at themselves. And check themselves. You know, I felt that way. I said, wear my glasses. Got you. Wear my chain. I you mean, know, all you of know it. I had. All the things. No, okay, so I have my own that I'm going to rock all right. the time. But where can everybody get these glasses? Um, blenders. Blenders. Blenders.com. I'm, I'm trying to make sure that they're available. <laughs> but Because I, I know they, they, they're they sold out right now. Mm-hmm. But that's a blessing. That's a beautiful thing. I love We have the it. black and the gold pair. Yes. No, thank you so much for these. You have been... Just such a disruptor in this space in the best way. I think that you have really made everybody pay attention to what mm-hmm. is going on. What was college football before Coach Prime came on the um, scene and what is it now? I, you know what? I don't think of myself as that. I think of myself as a person who's unapologetically himself. This is nothing of the ordinary that I that I that I do. Like this is what I do. Everything I do, I try to do it extraordinarily. So not ordinarily. I try to do it extraordinarily. I try to have a commitment to excellence. I try to do it with the way I do it, with that Florida, that 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 it, you know, mm-hmm. that that confidence and that knowledge based on study and preparation that you can't ha- you can't help but have confidence because you're prepared. Mm-hmm. So if that <sighs> causes people to be insecure, so be it. I know you likely had the utmost expectation of yourself mm-hmm. coming here. Mm-hmm. What was that expectation? And have you in any way exceeded what that was? 
I'm not never going to say we exceeded because I always find there's more to do. Like I get up probably about 440 every morning and I'm probably in the office by 515, something about that. And I sit at the desk and prepare my morning word and and pray and, and find a, a good inspirational video for the team because we have meetings at 715 that actually starts at 710. So I'm ready because I, I want to energize and encourage and motivate my team as well as coaches and, and set us up on the right path for that day. So it's probably, it's almost like the navigation of that day. We will have a theme, some type of theme of that day that we must go out there and conquer. What's been your favorite theme so far this season? Uh, Personal. Mm -hmm. It's personal because that, that applies to Tom, Dick, Harry, Larry, and Mary too. It is not just an athletic thing. It's so many things that we're holding back and, and people have done. We're so angry about yesterday that we can't even focus on today or tomorrow because we're crippled and we're afraid. So something that happened that was personal has taken a toll on us as as a people. Let's just take that power back. Mm-hmm. It's okay to make it personal because you got to have something that drives you, that propels you, that energizes you, that injects you. You got to have something to that nature. But let's uh, let's keep it tight and keep it right because you got to remain focused. You can't get so emotional that it it gets you off balance. Yeah, yeah. I I never allow emotions to provoke me to make a decision, and I never make decisions based on emotions. So what is that balance then of knowing when something does feel more personal, but mm. not letting it sway you internally? Yeah, because when you when when it sways you. You start making decisions based on those emotions, and those emotions ain't always right. It, it, it's it's not justifiably right sometimes because it's the anger, and anger is not a component of the goodness of God. Like, you can't be angry and, and want to be blessed simultaneously. So you got to just sit back and rock steady and say, okay, now what, what am I going to learn from this? Mm-hmm. What, what can I glean from this? How, how can I elevate from this? And once you figure that out— and you learn the lesson, you'll stop stressing and then attack the blessing. So I want to talk about that personal element a little bit because it feels like to me sometimes, at least from my vantage point, that when people will critique you mm-hmm. or your team, whatever they say, it almost always feels very personal. It is. But it is only gets personal when insecurity plays a role. It only gets personal when someone feels that they're beneath and not equal to. It gets personal when someone realizes that they're not equipped with what you're equipped with. So now they got to attack that 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 problematic area in your life that they think is your weakness. And oftentimes it's not even your weakness. You know, it's something that you allowed them to see so that they could attack that. But it's so far away from your weakness that they have no idea. And you just sent this, you sent them on a wild goose chase. Do you know when you've maybe made someone feel insecure? Yeah, I can see it. How? I can see it and I can hear it. I can see it in their face and I can hear it in their voice. And uh, it becomes so blatantly that because I treat people right. My mother raised me to a point where I'm always respectful. Mm-hmm. I'm always smiling. I'm always, yes, sir, no, sir, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. And I want to find out that one thing in you that makes you smile to light you up. You know, I want you to feel better about yourself after we've had an encounter. So 
I know nine out of 10 days I'm straight. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> you ain't catch me on that one day because I wouldn't let you catch me on that one day because I'm not, I'm going, I know me. At this age and stage in my life, I know me. I know not to come out when it's that one day, when it's that one time, when when you see me naked. I, I'm not going to come out and allow you to do that. Mm-hmm. So I, I know how to handle me. But when you come at me like that, that is a problem with you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it's been a, quite the three weeks for people that doubted you. Yeah. Because yeah, but you know what? It's been longer. Yeah. It's, it's been longer. Actually, it's been a few years because what we accomplished uh, in high school was unprecedented. I mean, winning three state titles, what we accomplished, and you, even youth football, we won, won, won all over the country. And then we go to Jackson and, and, and simulate the same thing. So now that we're here... People were thinking that we can duplicate what we did in Jackson because Jackson, they felt like when the, the the level that they thought it would be that would grant them their uh, acclaim and affirmations. But football is football. Mm-hmm. People are people. Young men are young men. Mm-hmm. And so it's the same formula that we've been using for quite some time. And so I want to talk about that football for a little bit. You've had three wins so far at Colorado. I want to mm-hmm. talk about them all. When you think about the first win, uh-huh. okay, against TCU, yeah, what did that win represent? We're here. Mm-hmm. It, it represented that, hey, hey, we're here. Okay. Stop overlooking us. Stop counting us out. Stop doubting us. We're here. Um, you, you, you could feel it. You, you could naysay it. You could, you could criticize it. We're here. So that was like the attention grabber. That was like the trailer. You know how movies have a trailer? Yeah. That was the trailer of the movie, just getting you to the movie, getting you to the show, making sure you push uh, on demand or whatever you have. You just click that button and you want to see the real thing. That's what that was. Okay, week two. Mm-hmm. Went against Nebraska. Yeah, what did that it, represent? That, that was tremendously personal. And that represented that I like that I you You know, when somebody say something and, and, and they, they hit, that nerve in you, and you say, all right. Mm-hmm. And you know, in, in the African-American vernacular, all right could mean a multiplicity oh, of things. Yeah. So it was like that, all right, all right. And we went out there <laughs> and uh, did what we were supposed to do at the crib at home, and it was that, I we we ain't playing. Mm-hmm. Like, we told you we, we here, now we ain't playing. Win number three against Colorado Resilience. State. Resilience, because first of all, you have two magnificent wins back to back of that nature. Then you try to keep the team rocking steady because not everyone in the locker room, including coaches, have won in their careers, in their lives. So you got to sense that and you got to feel that and you got to try to find a common thread to bring everybody and keep everybody together as one. Don't Mm -hmm. let no one get too high or too low and bring them all together. But you know, some some are going to go out there well beyond the the point because they've never seen this much attention or this much focus or this much love or uh, this many followers in one week. Mm -hmm. And you know, sooner or later, you're going to have a hiccup. And I knew we would have a hiccup. I, I, I wanted to beat them down and blow them out. But I knew as a coach, the way we practiced, the way we prepared that week, we're going to have to fight. And, and what did, did you learn from that heck? Resilience. Yeah. That we are resilient. We got some players that really take this game serious. We got some darn good coaches, but we got some personnel that, that uh, we got to flip. We got to change uh, eventually. But we got the majority of those men on that field. They want to win and they love to play this game mm-hmm. and they love all the extra. 
that comes with it. So despite these great wins, despite all the talent on this team, as I was prepping for this interview, when I would type in Colorado football, one of the things that auto fills is overhyped. Overhyped. People asking, is Colorado football overhyped? We, we don't hype ourselves. I mean, we chronicle everything. I keep receipts. Everybody knows that. Mm-hmm. I mean, my son is brilliant at that. <laughs> um, oh, shoot. Brian Video, we're doing a great job with the documentary. I mean, we do that because that brings attention to our team and to our fans that allow everyone to know the struggle and the challenges that we go through. Every, everything is just not rosy. Mm-hmm. But I don't feel that we're overhyped. Mm-hmm. I feel that we were underestimated, if anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you feel like the talent on this team does reflect the hype that yeah. the team receives? Yeah, I mm-hmm. mean, the talent... Uh, it's tremendous. Yeah. We got some guys that are definitely going pro. I don't think that happened around here in quite some time. We don't have not one single practice without several pro scouts on board. Mm-hmm. Right now, are you living in your purpose? Oh, I'm dugging in my purpose. <laughs> living. Mm-hmm. I'm doing nay nay and dugging, uh, prepping, uh, moonwalking. I'm doing a cabbage patch, whatever, whatever the dances they have now. But I'm doing all that because... Not only can, in the midst of a crowd, in the midst of noise, I can hear God's voice. I can hear his whisper. So I know his voice, but not only that, I'm a father simultaneously. How can I get upset with anything that's transpiring when now I'm not only coaching, but I'm fathering and not just mine? I'm fathering a multitude of kids that I adore, that I, this ain't work to me. This is a calling to me. This is a Beautiful journey to me. This is this is what I dreamt of. This is what I I I I told the Lord I wanted, and He gave it to me. The reason He gave it to me because He trusts me. He trusts that when you allow me to do my thing and to walk in my anointing with all the the thoughts and the visuals and the the, the expertise and the knowledge and the wisdom that you gave me, you know before they write the story, I'm gonna give you the glory. Oh, that was good. That was very good. Somebody, hey, Sam, come here. Come here real quick, Sam. Tap me on come my back. Come on in, Sam. Tap, just tap me on my back. Oh, that's what I'm, that's what I'm talking about. Thank you, Sam. Appreciate that. Put it that. on a shirt, Sam. I need that sometimes. <laughs> Appreciate that. Another thing you said that was very good, very true, is that some kids choose a university, but these kids choose Dion. What does it mean to choose Dion? Um, I think <clears throat> a multitude of kids choose the coach especially when it's a prominent coach that have had success in their careers, you could play, play all you want to and say they chose this university. No, no, no. They signed up there because coach Nick Saban is a winner. And guess what he does? He is a pipeline to the NFL. So you can say all you want. You chose this university. No, you chose coach Saban. And I'm honest. I just had a parent asked me the other day. She said, you, do you think that, you know, if you left, that what you've created is is still, uh, what was the word? Like sustainable? Sustainable. You go, girl. You go, girl. <laughs> I got you. Go, you girl. know that. And she's smart, too. <laughs> right? Sustainable. I say, no, mama. It ain't. I'm not going to lie to you. I will cry to you for I lie to you, but it's not. Um, God anointed me for this time, this season, this this, 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 this era, this moment, he anointed me for this and to coach your son and his son and his son. That's what God has anointed me to do. So this is my calling. So no, I don't think it is, mama. So 
knowing that, right? Mm-hmm. Knowing that in, in some ways you, you are the magic. Is there like a pressure I that think, comes I, with I that? I think, I'm not going to say I am. I, I would say we are. Okay. Because the most, uh, the most beautiful thing that we've done here, and I think it goes without saying, and, and a lot of people don't recognize it, is we've built a tremendous staff. The Bible consistently says, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. I'm comforted by a tremendous staff. I was comforted by a tremendous staff all the way from youth, all the way up through Jackson and now here. And I love these guys and I got like-minded men. I chose men that are not only knowledgeable, but not only relatable and have relationships, but men that are great fathers. Why does that matter, Coach Prime? Because how are you going to be a father and a mentor and a leader to these young men when you ain't even leading your child? So that's a stickler for me. It would be no one on my staff that's not a great father because that means something to me because they're going to see me with my young men and young women, my kids oftentimes, and they see how I am with them. So it's hard for me to understand you trying to raise someone else's child and you're not even raising your own. That's a problem for me. And it seems like a lot of the standards that you set are just in line with mm-hmm. life values. Yes. In what ways do the way that people live their lives also mimic the ways that they will play football That's or it. be a football coach? You can't be an idiot off the field, not an idiot on the field. It don't work like that. You can't because you don't have the light switch inside and you 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 can't turn that on and off. You can't um, not study in your school work and, and bring back the adequate grades so that you not only are eligible, but you are on your way towards a degree and you ain't studying your playbook either. Because one, if you're not studying that, you're not studying that. And we, that's why we look for smart, tough, fast, disciplined young men with character. Smart, tough, fast, disciplined with character. And we don't balk on that. We've made some mistakes and we've let a few get slide, but I promise you this next recruiting cycle, we ain't let none slide because we've seen how that can affect us and infect us. So with your approach being so all-encompassing, mm-hmm. when this season is over, how will you measure success? What has to happen for you to say what we did this year mm-hmm. was successful? That's a great question. Let me tell you something. Um, in all the comings and goings that they've talked about and the ignorant number of kids that have come in and come out, we had the highest GPA in the history of Colorado football. Mm. In the history this spring with all that going on. And right then now I clap with my feet, with my feet. That's how excited I was because I don't play bad grades of dysfunction in the classroom because I'm wise enough to know that 85% of these young men ain't going pro. So I got to make sure they get the education and they're, they're consistent with the values of life because I want them to walk out of here with a six-figure job. And I'm trying to have connectivity with several companies that they can. I envision a darn uh, workforce draft. Mm. We have an NFL draft. We have an NBA draft. Why can't we have a draft for the kids that play for me? Into all these different companies because they're smart, tough, fast, disciplined, and they have character. So I, okay, they may not be a, a, a professional athlete. They may not could play for any of the leagues. They may not have that type of talent, but they have the ability in their leaders. Mm-hmm. And so they have these qualities I, oh, that they translate. They have all these qualities that translate in, in leadership abilities that translate into successful lifestyles. Mm-hmm. Because I want them to be great fathers, great men. 
mm-hmm. you know, great husband. I want them to to just be community leaders. I want to, when they come back to Colorado, I want to smile and say, that, that's my dog. Boy, I told you you was going to be the governor one day. I told you that. <laughs> and I have several of those young men that I can look at. I'm looking at them in my head right now, and they're going to be that. What have you seen just believing in somebody due to their confidence? Um. <laughs> It uplifts them and it motivates them. Um, the Bible clearly says there's life and death in the power of the tongue. And I use the tongue to uplift you. I mean, when I say girl, 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 you see what I'm saying? Like, like, like that's automatic. <laughs> it, and it's the same thing when a woman looks at a man and says, you go, boy, boy, you, boy, you did that. Boy, you did that. I mean, and when I'm telling my kids, uh, we had an instance on the sideline, um, this last game with Jimmy was having a horrific game. He's a receiver, Jimmy Horn. And I said, Jimmy, you're a dog. We from Florida, man. And guess what? Papa's at the crib and he's incarcerated watching you right now. And he wants to clap in front of all his different inmates because he believes in his son. We're going to make Pop proud tonight. That's what we're going to do because his son is a dog. Now you go out there and show the world who you are. And in return, he went and caught the touchdown, the game-tying touchdown. And he was having a horrendous night. But just speaking life into Jimmy and understand where he was, where he, where he was located, I've been there because I sympathize and empathize with him. And I know his background and his situation. So I'm able to pull that intangible out of him that I connect to him in a pivotal time like that. And that's why I got to know my, I got to know my kids. Mm -hmm. I got to know this team. I got to know them individually as well as collectively. And those words have so much power. Who has spoken life into you? Um, A multitude of people. I mean, Playing youth football, this gentleman named Coach Capel came to the other side of town and grabbed me, Dave Capel. He and his wife, Helen, uh, he's gone to be with the Lord now, but his wife, Helen, is still living. What they showed me, what they introduced me to was a different way of life because, you know, I lived on the side of town where drugs were rampant and the drug dealers was, was stunned and doing their things, and I seen a whole nother side on the other side of town, just on the other side of town. Mm-hmm. And that changed my life where I saw long driveways. And I, had never, I hadn't owned a home in 15, 20 years without a long driveway. Because I always stay, thought the longer your driveway, the longer your money. That's, yeah. that's what I always thought. So, <laughs> that's success that, right that, that, there. So <laughs> that gentleman, uh, what he did for my life, uh, you know, Coach Ron Hoover, my high school coach, he was a disciplinarian. He was tough, suspended me when I was a junior because I got suspended. And it wasn't even my fault. But I was thankful. Because it taught me about leadership mm. and how he didn't play favoritism. And when I went on to college, Coach Bowden and Coach Mickey Andrews, Mickey Andrews was a disciplinarian as well, a tough guy, but a fair guy, mm. and kept the standard, standard. And the main thing, the main thing was on your butt on that field. By the time he got off the field, how's the family? You just cussed me out. <laughs> now you're nice. You just me out. I mean, but <laughs> I love him to like, and I talked to him during the biweekly about just my team and, and how to handle certain situations and just onward and onward and onward to some of the people that have really spoken into my life. I mean, Bishop uh, Omar Jawar was my pastor that passed away uh, a few years back that really devastated me, but he was so, so critical to my my calling and to my knowledge and my understanding of my calling. 
Now I got uh, Pastor Dewey Smith, you know, out of Atlanta. That's my dog. And God couldn't have given me a better man um, that Pastor Omar has left. So he, he when we have coaches in life, like in, in sports, that gives us an advantage. Mm-hmm. And I wish every Tom, Dick, Harry, and Larry had life coaches because we've been tutored and mentored by some prominent, really good people. And that's why my spiritual coach is everything to me. Yeah. Because I want him to keep me straight. Like, I'm on navigational. So you got to keep me. You got to tell me, stay left, stay left, now stay left. You know, go right, go right. I mean, you got to tell me that. I got to hear that as well. Yeah. And I'm proud of that. So you have said that you save the prime persona for football. Who is prime? Who is Dion? Um, Dion is kind of recluse, calm, very... uh, introverted, really, mm. really very introverted country boy with a city swag, um, love the fish, loves, uh, anonymity. If you could believe it. Um, I want to pause there because I think there will likely be a lot of people that don't believe that, yeah, that, it, that you recluse. like anonymity and being yeah, introverted. Very recluse. I, I don't like crowds. Okay. I, I know how to show out in the crowd, but I don't really like crowds. I don't really function well in crowds. And you, you don't catch me in crowds most un- unless I'm in a game, but you won't never see me in that realm. Uh, Prime is totally different. Prime is that alter ego that we all have that I've just have had an opportunity to enact, to really put some legs on and make him work because I told my mother, you know, when I was seven, she, I was going to make a lot of money. She was going to never have to work. And I saw way back then defensive backs, they wouldn't slot it to do that. So I had to create something that I know would. And I created this character in my dormitory room at Florida State. And I just fed him and fed him and fed him and fed him and perfected him. And, uh, it is what it is. So now I'm, I'm probably a blend of both mm-hmm. right now. Because I went from prime time to just prime, now coach prime. It's like I'm in the third quarter, and I'm winning, and I'm high-stepping. So in some ways, was prime sort of a persona that you had to adopt to be able yeah. to be different from? Um, no, it's something I had to adopt to command the resources mm. that I promised my mother. Cornerbacks and defensive backs at that time didn't even make a meal. Um Prime made us a meal, <laughs> mm-hmm. the first ever in the history of the NFL, then the first two million, then the first four million, then it just kept going crazy. So I'm thankful and I'm appreciative, but you got to understand, I, I, you can't get caught up in trick or treat mm-hmm. 365 days a year. You, you can't do that because you, sooner or later, you got to take your costume and your mask off and be who you are. But see, that's the thing. I, I know who I am. Like at this age and stage, probably for the last 20 years, I found my location and I know who I am, what I am, how I am, where I'm going, and I know how to get there. So going off that, way back, and I think 1989 was when you said, they don't pay me to be humble. Right. Now it feels like there are people that are almost calling for you to be that. Yeah. Why is this idea of knowing who you are, not necessarily being humble, one of the things that propels you? Um, when I said that, that was because I was, I was a grown dog out there on that field. Like, I'm not going to be humble about what I got and the gifts that I have. 
ain't never seen nobody open a present on Christmas and say, oh, that was so sweet. No. Oh, you see what I got? Yeah. I, I got a gift that I've opened. And I'm thankful and proud of it. You don't think I'm going to shout and rejoice and, 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 and do my thing because of this gift that God has given me? No, that's what I meant yeah. by that. I got a tremendous gift, and I know it, gift, and I perfected it by hard work, focus, and dedication. Mm-hmm. I also think when you're good at something and you know you're good at that thing, for whatever reason, it makes people uncomfortable if you vocalize that you're good at something. Mm-hmm. And that speaks to that insecurity that maybe people feel when they're talking to you because you're like, well, wait a minute. They're, He's supposed to not be all of this nah. because I don't feel like I'm all of this. True. There lies the quote, don't allow my confidence to offend your insecurity. There lies the quote. That's where that quote derived from. Mm-hmm. And I can't, I can't, I ain't got nothing to do with that, whatever you're going through. Because I'm going to be me mm-hmm. and I'm mandated to be me. Um, I'm pleasing God, not man. Now, if I'm pleasing God and God is happy and you tripping, that's a problem with you. That ain't me. Because I, all I want to hear God say is, well done, my faithful servant. And I've heard him say that a multiplicity of times. So you got a problem. And that ain't on me. That's, That's on you. Me. That ain't on me. That's on you. Yeah. So you did this article in the 80s, and I want to read the quote oh to you. Oh, my God. You're going a, back to the 80s? It's a great quote okay. that applies to you right now, which is why I loved reading it so much. So this is in a Sports Illustrated article. You said, all my life, I've been the man. I've been in the spotlight at every level. It's just a bigger spotlight. I learned the system in college. How do you think defensive backs get attention? How do you think Jim McMahon made so many millions? They don't pay anybody to be humble. Some people will come out to see me do well. Some people will come out to see me get run over. But love me or hate me, they're going to come out. Wow. I'm a businessman now, and the product is me. Prime time. God, that's good. Some, can you put some hand claps in the edit? The Absolutely. Give it up. Yeah. That, that was a young prime. But and I wow. say this to illustrate prime. that. This person you are now is in so many ways who you have always been. True. What comes to your mind hearing that over 30 years later? Wisdom. I didn't know I had that type of wisdom at that age mm-hmm. because what people wanted to see was prime. I can remember, and I'm not going to call the gentleman's name, very popular um, uh, personality, television personality, interviewed me in San Francisco. I mean, I'm... Defense player of the year, we went in, you know, we Super Bowl bound, and he wanted the interview prime. And I gave him Dion. The interview never aired because I didn't give him what he wanted. I gave him Dion, but he didn't want that. You should have just told me you want that and not just come to interview me, and then never aired. So I looked at him sideways from then on. Yeah. Yeah, so, so you, you just wanted the puppet show. That's all you wanted. You ain't want to get it. No, me, because I'm trying to get you me, but you don't want me. You want Prime. Right. You should have said that. You wanted the persona instead of the thing that was yeah. real. Genuine, right. So you're saying how you said, you know, I know people are going to come out, some to see me win, some because they want to see me get run over. And it's the same. I feel yeah. like there are some people that watch your games because they actually want to see you all lose. That's right. I think 9.3 million did. Probably three quarters of that wanted to see us win. It's a small portion of that wanted to see us defeated. But I'm cool with that because in that process, they get to see all our kids. Yep. And sponsors get to see our kids. I mean, potential NILers get to see our kids. Mm -hmm. Um, So I absolutely love it because 
I could attract them, but the kids are going to hold them. Mm. And I love that. What is your relationship with losing? We don't like each other. We don't get along. And uh, we've never been friends. And we've never really kicked it. Mm-mm. That dude called winning, that's my dog. That's my homie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, that's my partner. We know each other well. Mm-hmm. We've been together for quite some time. So I'm more comfortable with him than I would ever be with him. Because you're never going to see me with him publicly. Mm-hmm. But you're going to always see me with You never see me on a, a post on the gram or, or on Twitter or social not smiling. Yep. I'm going to always, where my camera? <laughs> I'm going to always give you that because that's the way I feel inside it. I want it to project outwardly. I'm too blessed to be stressed. I like, I enjoy life. I love the life I live and I live the life I love. And people get upset about that. And I'm enjoying it with my babies. My daughter was just laying on the couch in my office sleep probably a couple hours ago because she had a, a tough workout this morning. And she'd come right up there and give me a hug, give me a kiss, sit on my lap and want to be baby girl with her big self. And then she'd get on over on the couch and go to sleep. I love that. My baby's right there. Mm-hmm. You have everything that you would want. I, I, and need. Hmm. So knowing, obviously, the success of the program so far, the fact that you get to work with your children, the mm-hmm. fact that the team is doing so well, these are all great things. Yes. And I can tell that because of this, you are light. You are too blessed to be stressed. Mm. Is there anything that does keep you up at night? Um, underachieving. I'm a perfectionist, and I like to get the most out of any situation. Like... Any player, I come in and watch film in my office by myself quite uh, a lot. And I go and say, Mikey, uh, why when you catch the ball, your legs automatically fold up? Stand up. Don't do that. Keep your your footing. Mm -hmm. You're going to get more yards. You're going to be more productive. He said, Coach, you know, I didn't notice that. I see that. Those are the little things that will take you to the next level, son. Mm -hmm. So I want these kids to be successful, man. I've had my turn. Yeah. I've had my turn. I want them to do it. And I'm going to be that guy in the corner of that boxing ring saying, left, right, left. I got this. Okay, this is what you say in the press conference. Okay, give them that. All right, then walk <laughs> away. You know, I, I, I love that. I love this kind of stuff, man. But I want these young men to be the best that they can possibly be on and off the field. You've talked before about just the love and respect that you have for Coach Nick Saban. Yes. You called him a teacher. Yeah. What are some of the biggest things that he has taught you? Um, identifying personnel, coaching-wise, um, understanding the different, not leagues, but the different conferences, mm-hmm. understanding all that language and, and how this stuff works and, and why this school is going to that conference or this school is going to that conference. And always being prepared for what's next because there's no one that has lost more coaches to the next level than he has, but it keeps on ticking. Why? Because he's the engine. Mm-hmm. He, he, he is it. So just little things that he may whisper in between takes when we shoot an athlete commercial, they're sacred to me because he is him and I respect the heck out of him. What is something he has said that you hold really dear? There's probably things we can't talk about. Yeah. <laughs> yes. As it naturally yeah, yeah, goes. Yeah, there's probably things we can't talk about. Yeah. Is there one that you can't talk about? 
Uh, plenty, but I can't. I can recollect yeah. some right now. But he is. He is. He's the grand marshal, man. He's the magna cum laude to me. Mm-hmm. I respect him so darn much. I really do. I really enjoyed watching you live before your game mm-hmm. um, on game day. And you said something that was super interesting. You said, Shadur doesn't get the respect he deserves because he's my son. Mm-hmm. Can you just elaborate more on what you mean by that? Yeah. Uh, even coming out, if they would have just looked at him coming out of high school as a quarterback and he wasn't attached to me, he probably would have been the five stars. Not that stars matter. It matters to kids. It don't matter to coaches. Mm-hmm. And if they would have looked at him just by his ability and disconnect him from me, when, even when he's at Jackson, they were like, oh, my God, this kid mechanics are unbelievable. His, his, his completion percentage, I mean, his touchdown interception ratio is crazy. I mean, he's thrown 70 touchdowns in the last during two years, and he started every game of his college career. They don't look at that. Mm-hmm. That's his son. He's giving him a pass. He's giving him that. He's giving him the job at, at, at Colorado. He's doing this and not just understanding who he is now that he's on the main stage. Oh, my God. Shador is this and that. And we've been told you that. Right. And it's upsetting to us and it's upsetting to him because he, he you shouldn't have given him that chip. Now he has that chip on his shoulder. And uh, it, that Brady-esque, he's going to find something to get mad at every game and uh, – he has that chip on his shoulder. So then as a dad, mm-hmm. before at this point, what was it like for you to maybe feel somewhat responsible for the perception of him? Mm-hmm. We ride and die together because even when he chose to come, he was going to FAU. And the only reason he was going to FAU was Coach Taggart um, and that staff, as well as he wanted to start right away. He didn't want to sit on no bench. He said, like, yeah, yeah. How am I going to get better sitting on the bench? I, 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 and I told him that you don't get better sitting, sitting on the bench. Mm-hmm. So he wanted to start right away because he, he could have went to any, any place, Alabama, any place he desired to go. But he wanted to start right away. So just having him ride with me and we having that conversation finally around the house one day, he said, hey, look at dog. We're going to talk about this and we're just going to play like it ain't now. I said, let's talk about it because I never want to say, hey, you're going with me. So I wanted him to make that decision. He said, we're going to do this or not? I said, cool. He said, it's going to cost you a car, though. I said, so you're <laughs> so you going to hit your daddy up? So you're going to hit your own daddy up? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I saw that clip uh, of you talking with your sons. There was a joke about, okay, what if what if Shador leaves? Yeah, yeah, what dang, if he goes yeah, to NFL? Yeah, yeah, we don't want to talk about that. <laughs> but in this hypothetical world. Yeah, it is a hypothetical how world. How would you feel if he did say, I want to leave? You got to understand now, you you know that we're never caught off guard on anything. And uh, daddy has been around the block a couple of times. So we've discussed every possible scenario that can be had mm-hmm. with both of my sons. Well, we're, all three of my sons, because Junior, you know, he's he's going to be up there photographing it and, and doing his thing with it. So we, we've talked about everything. It's no surprises under the sun with us. Mm-hmm. So I guess I'm curious for you, what do you have to see from a player to say, okay, they are ready to make that jump? It's, it's not about what I'm seeing from them. Mm-hmm. It's about a whole lot of other things, um, teams, um, position, um, round projection, all of that plays a role. Mm-hmm. Because now with NIL and who they are, shoot, you make just as much money here as you can there. Unless you uh, 
you know, one of the first five picks. But Shador don't want to be two to nobody. He don't get down like that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, people projected him behind, uh, you know, Caleb Williams. And Caleb Williams is is, is phenomenal. But Shador ain't no backseat rider. He mm-hmm. ain't, he, you know, he, he, he drives his Maybach. Mm-hmm. He don't have a drive in it. He drives it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the moment you knew he was really good. Seven. What did you see at seven? Seven, as well as Shiloh, because he, in my phone, he's up on the grown, like grown. He's a grown man. He's very mature for his age. He's always been calm, cool, and collected. He was checking off at seven years old, and daddy was over there calling the plays for him and grooming him, and I taught him all defenses first so he knew cover two, you know, especially in, in youth league. They ain't playing but cover three, cover two, and he was checking off, getting the ball down the field like in no time. That's why we didn't flinch last week. Mm-hmm. That's why up two yard line, nine, eight yards, cool. Minute, 40, minute, whatever it was on the clock, cool. Cool. He's done that before. We got that. He don't flinch. And he loves that, that, those moments. Mm-hmm. He loves those moments. What was funny was his brother came to me and Shallow say, in overtime, you know, and he rarely ever calls me dad on the field. He know I'm play that. He's like, dad, you putting the defense out there first? I said, y'all ain't stopped nobody all day. Your brother going out there, and I know what he going to do. I mean, that was the attitude. Ah. That really happened. That really happened. I know what he going to do because I like to put pressure on people. I don't like people putting the pressure on us. I know he's going to apply instant pressure, and he did. You know, a lot of people obviously will watch him, and you've mentioned Brady Eskier. Mm-hmm. They always compare to Tom Brady. What football player do you compare Shadour to? I don't. Okay. I don't do that with my kids. I ain't. They ain't the second of nobody. They mm-hmm. the first of them. Mm. We ain't we ain't doing that. Mm-mm. No, no, we don't do that. We Sanders. Yeah. We Sanders. You know. Mm-hmm. And when we take that walk, we always start off, let everybody in this world, this country watching this game know our last name before we leave here tonight. And what do you want that last name to mean to them? Um success, passion, purpose, dominance, um, knowledge, commitment, excellence. All it's so many different attributes that I could continuously name. But with all that being said, we're winners. We're winners. I, at one point, asked Jason Tatum this question. I loved his answer, so I'm going to ask mm-hmm. you the same thing. What do you want your children to know about the way that you love them? Um, that it's, uh, it's agape love. It's, uh, it's a, a love not based on reciprocation. I love them regardless. They don't have to do nothing for me. Pat me on the back, kiss me on the jaw, return the sentiment. They know I love them because love is action to me. Love is just not language. Love is action. And I've tried to show them throughout their lives action. So Shador has never, until I went down and having surgery, Shador never played a game without me. There. Shiloh only played without me um, when he went to uh, South Carolina. But I've coached him football, baseball, basketball all the way through, all the way up. Um, Taking them to school in the mornings, uh, picking out all their clothes, you know, doing everything. Uh, Baby girl, I could braid some hair too. You know, get me wrong. (laughs) Don't don't play with me. I'm from Florida. I believe you. Yeah, I could get down. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So just, just in teaching them how to be a man. How to be a man. And and we get so criticized of African-American fathers by not being there. So when we have fathers that are there and when I see them about 
uh, even on social, I give them love. I give them the flowers right then because I love it. I absolutely love it and I adore it. But my kids, um, I've always said, I'm not perfect, but I'm darn show present. I'm darn show present. Absolutely. They believe that. You know, one thing when I was growing up that my parents would always do is tell me about the mistakes that they've made, the things mm-hmm. about them that they don't want me to be like, and mm-hmm. also the things about them that they do want. Mm-hmm. What are things about yourself you want your kids to reflect and things that you want them to actually be better at than you? Um, choosing um, people that they spend time with. That's, that's, that's number one. Don't let anybody and everybody in your company and everybody that's there ain't necessarily there clapping for you or clapping with you or wanting to see you succeed. Um, I pray uh, and I tell them about discernment of situations and things. I can't just police them 100% of the way and they got to grow up. But as much conversation and affection I could give them, like we just had a tremendous game and it was late. I counseled practice on Sundays. I said, we spending time together, all my boys. We're going to the Bronco game. We're going to eat brunch, then we're going to go to the game. And that's what we did because I'm not stupid enough to think that just coach time is enough. They need daddy time. They don't need football, football. They need a father, too, mm. that just going to love them and, 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 and hug Shiloh and say, son, I'm so proud of you, man. He said, like, Dad, I'm, I'm going to be there in a few minutes, but I got to go to church. I made a deal with God. I said, you can't be cutting no deals with God. <laughs> he, he, you make it a big play, and so you're going to go to church? I said, you have your butt there next week, too. Let's do that. <laughs> I want- but that's Shiloh. Yeah. I want to talk about one of your other Colorado sons for a minute, Travis Hunter. Oh, my um, God. Yeah, I mean, first off, yeah. when you say his name, it's just like he's so He's him. Good. He's him. He's him. In every bit of, in every aspect, he is him. Like, we have never seen someone like Travis. Travis loves the game, loves to prepare, loves to study. He's in love with the process of it. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people that are projected the way he's projected, ain't. They just wanted to be that guy, and they relied on the story to be told and them not working towards it. Travis wanted. Mm. I think at 5.30 or 6 a.m. every game day morning, I get a text, let's go. And so we played a night game, so last week he was late. It was like came about 9. I said, you late. Let's go. <laughs> he said, I know you was tired. I just wanted you to sleep in. Yeah. So, <laughs> I did this for you. <laughs> yeah. But I, I, I love him to life. Yeah. And he is so complete as a player, even as a person. Travis don't care about no jewelry. Travis don't care about no high-priced cars. Travis want to fish, want to play video games, want to spend time with his his, his girlfriend and want to be the best that he can be. That's who Travis is. He's he's really a country. He really, he, he's like Dion, really. He's like him. He really is in so many aspects. You know, I think that a lot of coaches would know that you are going into this big game, mm-hmm. know that you won't have Travis, and they'd fret a little bit. Mm-hmm. But you see these facts. Next and man you up. See- Next man up. Because everybody want to be him until it's time to be him. Now you got a chance to be him. Let's go. Mm-hmm. Show me. You show me. Uh, 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 get off the box. Don't sit up here and try to play like, oh, I ain't got no playing time. No, no, you got it now. Mm-hmm. Okay. But based on what I see in practice, I know when I'm seeing the game. So if I don't see it in practice, 
you can't do it in the dark and, and think you're going to do it in the light. It, that don't work like that. So we have some tremendous challenges this week, and I, I love it mm-hmm. because they say they want it. Yeah. Everybody want to be the man until it's time to be the man. And we're going to see this week. And I love that challenge because we have a few that I feel like is going to step up yeah. and take that challenge. So when you see a challenge, it makes you feel... It makes me want to go get it. A lot of people want to wait for the challenge to get there. I go get it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm going. I'm, I'm going to get it. I'm, I'm forward thinking. I'm, I'm progressive. I'm, I'm, I want to go, go dominate that thing. I want to go swing on that thing. Like, I, I, Let's go. Yeah. Hey, don't wait for it. You Let's ready go. right now? Let's go get it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I know you talked about, obviously, the fact you're like, I've had my spotlight. I've had my time. Before we wrap, I got to mm-hmm. talk a little bit about the Deion Sanders on the field. Because, yeah. you know, I'm a Falcons fan. I have obviously been a big fan of you for a very long time. But there's just a few legendary moments you have had that I would love for you to discuss. Uh, the first being in 92 when you attempted two sports in a day. Cool. Did it. You were in Miami. Then you went to right. play for the Braves in LCS. Right. Tell me that story and how that even happened. Um, that happened because I had a football contract that I had to uphold. And I wanted to uphold because my football teammates is something that I was contracted to play as soon as the baseball season was over. So the playoffs, just being there was just extra for the Braves because my contract was over. So I was just going over there just to help my teammates. So I should have been playing football the whole time. So I'm sitting on the bench for nine innings, and I'm sitting up there trying to reconcile in my mind, this ain't right. My guy's getting ready to go play Dan Marino and all those wonderful receivers, and I'm sitting on the bench for nine innings. That don't, that, that ain't, that ain't right. So I say, I got to go. I got to play with my guys. Mm -hmm. So they made transportation, Nike did, of course, and I was able to get there and get back well before the game was going to start. They weren't going to play me anyway. Right. And I knew that. And they didn't play me anyway. So I actually didn't play two sports on the same day. I showed up. To two. To two, you know, and played in one. And we we lost, but we probably would have lost by much more than we lost by with the Falcons. But just being there for my <laughs> team was everything to me. It put me in tears because when I got on the bus, they didn't see me the night before. I think I got there at two or three or four in the morning. But when I got on that bus that next morning, they, they applauded. And that broke me. Because it was like their way of saying, thank you, my dog. Mm -hmm. I appreciate it. And that was one of the most touching moments I've ever had in sports that when those teammates applauded. What do you think about that moment made it so special? Um, They showed me love. Mm -hmm. They showed me love because they know I didn't have to. And they know everybody would have understood if I didn't come because I had a bigger fish over here in in the playoffs. Because a playoff regular season game, you know, you can't compare the two at that time. But I did because I was more needed in uh, football. You know, it seems like, and from what I've heard when I've talked to people, people might have whatever word to say about you, but there's nobody that says you're a bad teammate. Oh, because I, I, I wouldn't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if, if they did, they lied. Or they, it's, it's something something underlining in that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's just something, something else that, that transpired that they don't want to talk about in that. Mm-hmm. So... I've never been that. And uh, I've never spoken negatively to my opponents. You know, I was known for talking and talking and being brash, and I wasn't. I never talked to my opponents. I never naysayed my opponents. I never mm-hmm. downed my opponents or ridiculed them. Never whatsoever. Never I trash never talked. Ta- not a trash talk. My game was too loud. 
Both of us couldn't talk. My game was so loud, baby. We couldn't talk at the same time. Never. I never talked junk to nobody. I didn't believe in that. I believed that that man worked his butt off to be in the NFL. How can I down him? And then this was my philosophy as well. Why would I trash talk a down my opponent? If I'm going to do anything, just being the psychological aspect of it, I'm going to lift you and lift you and lift you and elevate you so that when I whoop you, I'm whooping a king and a giant, not a peasant. If I down you and bring you down and I whoop you, they're going to say you were supposed to do that. But no, no, no. I wanted to lift you up mm-hmm. and then go get you. Mm-hmm. That was my thought process. And that also probably made it a lot sweeter, too. Yeah, yes, it did. Mm-hmm. Now, I know you said you're never going to coach the NFL, so I'm not going to ask no, about I'm that. Not. I'm going to ask in a dream world, who is one current NFL player that you would like to coach? I would like that cheetah to play with Shador now. I'd love, but like, hey, hey, <laughs> I would like that cheetah. I would like Kelsey to play with Shador and Shiloh. That, that's probably the two. What do you like about I would like Tyreek Hill and Shiloh? Sauce on the other side of Travis. Ooh. You know, I would like that. <laughs> but you know, I have to stop right there because I don't follow the NFL game like I used to when I was working in NFL. I'm I'm in the college now, so I'm I'm on that now. So I don't really watch the NFL too much. Okay. What do you like though about Travis Kelsey, about Tyreek? Travis Kelsey is it, man. I love everything about Travis Kelsey, man. It, it, Travis Kelsey is like a little brother to me, man. I I I I'm serious. Like he's like the guy I could call at any time. Hey Joe, what you doing? <laughs> baby. I mean, he's always in a good mood. And a dog and just dominates every weekend. And he has that Janae choir off the field as well. Mm-hmm. And I love it. I love his brother too. Yeah. And his mom. Mm-hmm. So And he, you like players that have that way about them off the field. Yeah. yeah. That, that that confident that that bleeds off the field as well. Mm-hmm. I love that. But that cheetah is shoot. He's so darn dominant, man. And it's so and he's confident. And first of all, you know, I love all my Florida boys. You know that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Now, speaking of off the field, I know that you have been continuing your docuseries, Coach mm-hmm. Prime. Yeah. What have you enjoyed the most about filming that here? Seeing uh, the different personalities on the team. We have, mm-hmm. oh, man. Yeah. You, I think we have 115, 116, something like that on the roster. Maybe something like that. But seeing all the different personalities and we're pulling some out so you could get to know them intimately, I, I like that. Because it's not, I know the docuseries is called Coach Prime, but it's not based on me. It's based on our journey and you being able to see some of these young men that uh, we've, we, we've, we've brought into the fold. It's going to be very interesting and I can't wait, as well as the coaches. Yeah. No, I can tell you love it. You're yeah. smiling just yeah, talking about it. because there's so many different personalities. <laughs> I'm thinking about several of them right now and they're hilarious. I cannot wait to see their personalities, especially Bishop. Yeah. Yeah, Bishop. Yeah. Okay, so we'll be on the lookout for Bishop. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Bishop is something special. Bishop is the kind of guy. Bishop tried to live here. He tried to live in the complex. I mean, I Bishop, it's a very nice complex, but I got to say. Said, Bishop said, Coach, I got 17 bathrooms. I got a hot tub, cold tub. I got 22 TVs. I said, yeah, but dog, you got to get out. You cannot live here. Okay? Why? Bishop, Bishop. You just got to get out, though. You just got to get out. <laughs> this can't be home. You're right. Yeah, you walk around with a toothbrush. <laughs> All right, a couple more for you before I let you go. You've obviously done so much player, HBCU coach, coach here, also baseball player. Mm-hmm. With so many things, like, 
What iteration of Dion do you want to be remembered as? The greatest father that ever lived. The greatest father that ever lived. If I could be known as one thing, dad. I ain't talking about no baby daddy. I'm talking about dad. Yeah. Yeah. I pride myself on being a great father. I really do. Not only to mine, but to a multitude of these young men in this locker room. Mm -hmm. There are some people that think that this, everything happening in Colorado is a moment. Why are you more than a moment? Why will this last? Um, Because moments that has consistency translates into monuments. That's another one that was so good. I just had to think about that. When I said it, I saw it. God, that was good. Let me see if I can say that again. Please do. Moments that are consistent translates into monuments. And I'm a monument, not a moment. You see how it turned and gave you the eye contact mm-hmm. at the end? That was like the nail it. That was like the exclamation part. Like, there it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. You are (laughs) such a pleasure. And, you you know, I know that your faith is something that means a lot to you. And I know that music also means a lot to you. So I wanted to get a message from somebody that combines both of those things for you. Okay? Okay. Ready? Yo, Taylor, thank you for giving me this opportunity to show love to my man. Yo, what's up, young king? Man, the conversations that we've had over the years, the way that... I've seen God continue to use your career. Uh, you know, you're still not as cute as me, <laughs> but you are that guy. Dion, you are my brother. We have had conversations about God and the future in ways that so many may not understand. Right. And I know that that's the wind that is forcing you to continue to be great. That wind of God that just continues to blows uh, in your back, in your family, in your life. And now... And the state of Colorado. It's crazy. My guy. Let's go, King. Salute. Let me tell you something. That brother right there not only is a great friend and a great man of God and a great man, period. He's arguably the best entertainer to ever hit a stage. He is on electricity. Like when you see him, like if Kurt played ball, he would probably be a slot receiver. Ooh, or, or, or a corner, you know, mm-hmm. that, that, cause he, so he flies, I don't know what, <laughs> but I love him so much. We have the most pure, honest conversations mm-hmm. and, uh, I love him to life. Yeah. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you for Absolutely. that. That is my dog. <laughs> yeah. No, I wanted to give you a little something special yeah. because I'm very happy that you allowed me to come out here. I know you are the most popular man in America right now. So for you taking the time to do this truly means a lot Thank to me. You. I, I learned it. so much from you. I feel like every single time I hear you speak, and I know that there are some people rooting for you, but I promise you, it is a number that you cannot even imagine. Thank so you. many people are behind you. And I love seeing Colorado do well and you do well. Well, I'm proud of you too. Thank because you. Because not only your sister in this business that have just elevated, but your class. Thank you. And your comfortability with whoever. And the moments are never too big for you. Amen. And I love it because you are exceeding all thoughts. Because usually, you know, when they fly, looking like they're there, she got no substance. Oh, that's a lie. Thank you. And you have been consistent in who you are, and I'm proud of you. 
That means so much to God me. bless you, sis. You know go, why? girl. Because we a monument. That's, okay? This ain't no moment. There we go. This ain't it's no a moment. monument, baby. <laughs> Thank you, Coach Thank Fine. You. Appreciate Thank you. your time. Awesome. And these are yours for Oh, real. yeah. Signing out. <laughs>